Last week as we started looking at Moses, uh, we looked at his fleeing from Egypt only to wander in the wilderness for, for 40 years. And we looked at when we find ourselves in the wilderness that so often we find ourselves praying and desiring for it to end as soon as possible. God, get me out of here. Get me through this. But how if we are willing to embrace God's will and presence, even amidst our wilderness, that we may know that even our wilderness is holy ground. That doesn't change the fact that sometimes we can find ourselves feeling overwhelmed, overpowered, oppressed. Life can feel like quicksand. That The harder we fight to free ourselves from whatever it is that's binding us up and chaining us from being the person that we feel called to be, the deeper we go. I came across a quote this past week talking about drowning and it says that you know you don't drown by being in the water but you drown by not being able to get out and today i think that we can look at how to get out how is it that we get out of the pool that many of us are experiencing how it is that we get out of the water and I think the, what, the way in which we do that is that we experience what I have heard referred to as a holy shift it's that moment when through an encounter with God we shift from this to that you see it throughout scripture we shift from blind to see from lost to found, from broken to healed, from angry to forgiven, from dead to alive. And God desires for us to shift from just living to being fully alive. And last week we began to look at Moses' shift when he encountered God at the burning bush. And he cries out, Hanini. But before, and we noticed that before Moses could lead a nation from here to there, which we're going to hear about in the Exodus, that he himself had to shift from this to that. And through this shift, he was readied to run toward the life that he was created for and to run toward God, to pursue God more freely. To, he was freed up from that which was, had drug him down for so long. With that in mind, let us hear these words from Exodus chapter 3, beginning of verse 7, where it says, The Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So, so God is, is speaking to Moses as Moses finds himself in Midian and he comes to him and he says, I've heard the cry of those people. I've heard the cry of your people in Egypt. I've heard of their oppression. He says in verse 10, Now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Moses finds himself in the wilderness and he finds himself at the end of himself. He he encounters a holy shift from pride to humility, from the lies that he had started to believe while living in Pharaoh's court, the lies that the world had told him about himself, and he hears God speak truth at the burning bush. And so the first step in this holy shift is being honest with ourselves. We've we've got to be... uh, 100% honest and truthful with where we find ourselves. Are we we in the wilderness? Are we lost? Are we drowning? Are, are, are Are we hopeless or hopeful? Are we feeling loved or are we feeling abandoned? Where, who, where are we? Who are we? Not, not who do we desire to be one day or who is it that the world is proclaiming that we are, but who are we authentically? Who are we honestly? And we've got to be honest with our limitations. We've got to know our strengths, our weaknesses. We've got to be honest. And many of us, we desire this moving forward, but we must first be honest with where we are. We've got, to, we've got to know where we are to know where we, how to get where we are called to go. We have to know where we've been. So are we ready to be honest with ourselves? Or are we still battling our ego and our pride? You know, when we find ourselves caught in this trap, if you will, of ego and pride, we find ourselves sinking in the quicksand that is ego and pride or drowning in that. We find ourselves trying to act like God instead of letting God act. And so the first thing that we must do is be honest with ourselves of who we are and who God is calling us to be. To not bolster ourselves up in ego and pride or not drag ourselves down in self-deprecation, but to be honest Because the journey that Moses is on, it leads him back to where it all began. Notice that that God calls him to Egypt, where the whole Exodus story started. He says, in order to go forward, you must go back. And this seems backwards for a lot of us. He was led to the wilderness by his fear of Pharaoh, and this shift brings him home to confront his fear. He, he's left that in the back. Moses is no longer that angry, hate-filled man that left, but he's a humble, God-filled man. And so he goes to confront Pharaoh. But notice that he doesn't go to confront Pharaoh as the man that he was. He goes and confronts Pharaoh as the man, that, or, or he doesn't go and confront Pharaoh as the, who the world tells him they should be, but he goes and confronts Pharaoh by who he is. This is his authentic self. A couple of weeks ago I asked the question, who or what is your Pharaoh? What, what sits on the throne of your life? Or where's the crown? What drives your life? What is that fear that pushes you? What is that from your past that dictates who you are or are becoming? What is that thing that holds you tight? 
Because when we are honest with ourselves, we can begin to answer this question, and then we can begin to see the shift where God calls us to confront our Pharaoh. Because you cannot be free from that which you are unwilling to confront. When God says to Moses, uh, the first thing he calls him to do is look, is to hear it. He's pointing him to his past, to the thing that 40 years ago he ran from. And God says, look, stop, stop looking away. Stop acting as though it doesn't exist or that it's all okay or that it's in your past and it doesn't, and it doesn't have any indication of who you are now. But look, address, acknowledge the power that it is having over you. This is step two of getting out of the pool is that we look and we acknowledge and we address what is pulling us down or holding us back from freedom. Now this is tough work. It's being open and honest with ourselves and with God. It's being transparent and vulnerable. But God doesn't say acknowledgement is easy. But it's the steps that we must take to be fully free. And God then says, go. Because it's not enough to simply acknowledge, but we have to confront. We have to confront the things that we've tried to avoid or leave in our past. Those those failures and pains and hurts and shames and regrets. We must go to it. Because we'll never be free from what we don't confront. And we must be honest that these things so often find themselves, they may not be dictating every aspect of our lives, but they oftentimes find themselves showing up and driving our actions. How many of us do not know real freedom because we are afraid to confront our wounds, our addictions, our abuse, our depression, our anger, our abandonment, our shame, our broken heart, whatever it may be. We, we've just kind of buried it deep like Moses did with the Egyptian, we just bury it deep and then we run, hoping that it won't catch up. Now, I do want to take a side note to show that confrontation may not mean physically going back to it. I'm not by any means condoning someone to physically return to an abusive relationship, although that may be needed. But what it does mean is this confrontation means addressing it, calling it by name, seeing it for what it is, and saying, I will no longer give this power over me. And how can we do this? Because we've encountered God. And therefore, we've encountered a shift. And we know the power this holds over us does not compare to the power of God. We know where real power comes from. Sometimes, to move forward, we must go backwards and address our past. And for many of us, we do not feel that we need to confront our past. At some point in our lives, we, we go, oh, I left that back there because we decided to compromise with it. We says, I'll just leave it there. Uh, we, won't, we won't talk about it. I'll act like it didn't happen. I'll bury it deep and hope that it doesn't show back up. But then it shows up in the unexpected ways in our lives. And we find ourselves going, oh, maybe I didn't bury it deep enough. And we continue to compromise. But what we hear in our story is compromising with oppression is not an option. God says, hey, hey, Moses, I know that you have moved on, that you've gone to Midian, 
that you've started a new life, that you've found this wonderful wife. Uh, and, and see, the thing is, is for many of us, we just compromise because in the moment we want comfort. And that's what Moses wanted. He was fearful and he said, how can I be safe? How can I feel comfortable? I'll run. And so he got comfortable running. He had left Egypt buried in the dust. He had compromised. He said, I'll stay away if you leave me alone. But he realized, or rather God showed him, that compromise treats the symptoms, but it will not heal the disease. Only God can heal. And God longs for us to be healed and made whole. See, when God starts saying, I still hear about this, Moses may have moved on, but, that, but he was still feeling the call to go back and to free his people. He was still feeling the hurt that he had in Exodus 1. He was still reminded over and over of Pharaoh and how Pharaoh was holding down his people and him. So God says to Moses, I still hear the cries. I haven't forgotten and I know you haven't either. That thing that keeps creeping into your mind that, that you just can't forget God says, I don't want this to destroy you, but I want to destroy it. God says, see it, acknowledge it, name it. And as we name it, God exposes it for what it is. Weak. God says, whatever it is that you are giving strength in your life, know that I am stronger. When we have the strength to confront and name those things that oppress and hurt us, we allow God to free us from the fears that can rob us of our lives. And for many of us, we are drowning in life, we are sinking in quicksand, we are lost in the wilderness, wandering around, because we have not been able to, A, get out of our own way, and B, confront those things that are robbing us of life. When you, when you vision for the future, it, is it greater than the, your, than the pain of your past? Because if it is, then you have hit a shift. But for many of us, we, don't, we cannot even vision for the future because we are too busy focusing on the hurt in our past. And this is not to demean the hurt of our past, but it is to say, God, free me from those things that have bound me up that I may go forward to live the life that you call me to. You realize the future belongs to those with the courage to create the future. But many of us have been beaten down and oppressed by our past, and so we just feel like we all we are empowered to do is accept the present for what it is and not change anything. And th this future comes when we come to the end of ourselves. And it gives us strength that we need to fully live in the here and now. So what is the Pharaoh? What is that thing that is holding you down? That you need to call by name and say, God, I've wrestled with this for long enough. I give it up to you. When we find ourselves at worship, worship is a place where we align or are realign with the heart of God. And so I challenge you to, to take a moment of worship and to be filled with courage as you, as you sing a song or pray a prayer, just sit in the presence of God and to, to filled, be filled with the courage to confront whatever it is that is oppressing you. 
that, that we may choose not to compromise, but to follow the call of God, to trust that He will expose whatever it is, that we may be free. And as we realize that it is powerless compared to the power of God, we may free ourselves up to be and to go wherever it is and do whatever it is that God is calling us to do. This is the call that God placed on Moses' life and on ours. Go back. Confront whatever it is that you need to to be freed up to go and do whatever it is that I'm calling you to do in the future. Will you accept the, the challenge to confront whatever your Pharaoh may be? Amen and amen.